Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, uh, where we give you our point of view. I'm Tamia Harper, and I'm here joined by my sisters. I'm going to go in order that I see you on my screen. Yvette Blackman-Tom. Hey. J.D. Keeling. Hello. Fran T. Stop. <laughs> and Sabrina Wood. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. We are proud members of the Trek Geek Podcast, and we are delighted to bring you another discussion today on uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode Three, Power Broker. And uh, our wonderful, wonderful sister JD is continuing her duties as our guide through the Marvel Universe, uh, specifically the MCU. But before we get to that discussion, I want to give a huge shout out to our favorite sponsors in the whole wide world, Science Division, uh, makers of the world's first and only app-enabled Tribble. So um, I'm chilling at home with my triple all day. I've been off of work and my triple has been on my couch keeping me company because um, we can't have, we can have pets in my really expensive apartment building. Like they're super expensive to have pets. I'm not saying my apartment building is really expensive and I'm rich. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's really <laughs> expensive to have pets in this building. Uh-huh. And uh, therefore I'm not going to have a pet, but in lieu of my pet, I've got a triple. <laughs> there's no a- triple rent. There's no triple rent, right? Exactly. They can't make me pay a triple deposit. And it gives and it's and it's so wonderful and it keeps me company and it purrs and stuff. Sabrina, do you um have your triple on all the time or what? My triple is guarding my TV set. Yes. My triple <laughs> is guarding my equipment here and is ready to kill all Klingons that come by. Yeah. <laughs> triple it, attack. It, I know, right? My triple is a uh, my triple is just happily purring away. Most of the time, there's the on duty mode. So where it's actively seeking Klingon infiltrators. Uh, and then there's the watchdog mode, which is what Sabrina's triple is in. And that's where it guards your precious possessions like your bat lifts or in Sabrina's case, your TV. Um, so they're really wonderful for all sorts of things. They're a lot of fun. They make great presents. And uh, if you want to, you can adopt your triple today at Science Division, and that's sciencediv.com. And that's Science Division by fans for fans. Trouble's never been this fun. All right, y'all. So we're about to get this party started on this great discussion. I hope it's going to be a good discussion. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good discussion. On episode three of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, uh Power Broker. And JD, you ready to take it away? Sure. All right, folks. Well, as usual, I'm going to give you this moment to figure out, have you watched episode three? Do you remember episode three? Frankly, I'm watching episode three right now as I record this. Subtitles are amazing. (laughs) I'm doing it also. Don't give away our professional (laughs) secrets. Don't give them away. I wasn't (laughs) expecting anyone else to be as unprepared as I am. Either no, way, I've folks. seen it. I'm just watching it again. It's part of the Spartan spontaneity of the Sci-Fi Sisters. No, I am completely ready to talk oh, about episode boy. three. I've seen it. it. I got my notes. I got shit to say. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Sabrina's that person. But if you aren't like Sabrina and didn't come prepared, take a moment, pause the podcast, go watch the episode, and then come back. Are you back? Great. Well... 
as a warning, this episode will likely include a lot of swearing on my part. I really just hate Zemo. It's a, it's like fiat. He's like the fiat of people. I also hate fiats. So, <laughs> getting to the episode, let's start from the beginning where we come in hot on Power Broker with an um, our favorite American in a foreign country failing to know how to speak the language. <laughs> like, I, like, what are we doing with John at this point? <laughs> I know it's, it's not so Zemo that JD hates. It's right. John. I think it's John. It's John. <laughs> can we back up and just go to the the uh, GRC commercial that they had? I mean, was oh, that not the funniest thing? What it was so was perfect. That? <laughs> it was so perfect. That that was exactly the kind of American propaganda commercial I would expect to see on my TV. I thought, yeah, I thought that it was so perfect how they, they, they did that. They had the, exactly, they opened up with the propaganda, like, look how we're helping you. And everybody's all smiles and it's all habitat for humanity and whatnot. And then next thing you know, you bam, but this is the reality. And this is what we're sending our troops to do basically is what they're saying. This is how we quote unquote help nations we have a no-knock warrant and we're coming in (laughs) you don't need a no-knock warrant if you don't have authority in the country (laughs) wow i like the way they use once again they used uh soldiers as propaganda in that one you saw the Uh soldiers sitting in there once again used as pawns Mm -hmm. but i digress go ahead yeah well i mean John is a willing participant with his little, do you know who I am? Like, dude, you just broke into someone's house. I don't think he cares. Okay, the do you know who I am line mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. just so mm-hmm. rich, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know who I am? Oh, that hit all kinds of buttons on me. Yeah, I know I'm not alone. Nope. Oh, no, it was the one. It was definitely like a, a dog whistle line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like what I think like all of us were thinking when we see this, this, I, I call him the uh, Captain Pro Tem, you know, like he is like, he's the pseudo fake, like temporary Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so Captain Pro Tem, when we first saw him, I was just like, ooh, too, all this ego and all this crazy stuff. And then it comes, it comes out in the, that one statement. Do you know who I am? So insecure, you know, just way, uh, way out of his league. <laughs> Perhaps not the face of, of peacekeeping, quote unquote, peacekeeping missions that you really want. And we have a peacekeeper right here. Would you say that is, uh, he was off the mark there, Yvette? Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Were you That's cringing true. when you watched him? I, he, yeah, he makes me cringe. A lot of, a lot of this makes me cringe, but um, yeah, he's, but I, he makes me cringe, but I do understand him, I guess. He's Mm -hmm. trying to be something he's not, and someone has told him, you are this, so he has to, you know, he has to really live up to what people want him to be, and then I think he came into it saying, this isn't, I don't think I'm cut out for this, mm-hmm. but then someone told him he was, so he had to live up to it. And just like with anybody else that gets power, you kind of get kind of caught up in it, you know, and I, I see both sides with him. And just to know that he, he was a soldier who got three 
um, three medal of honors. Three medal of honors. Do you know what that means? That's 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 not a good thing to have three. There's nothing good that happened to you that you got three medal of honors. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. you had to go through some hellified shit. <laughs> and that's what he said. Three of them, right? You know, so. I don't know. I have. I, I don't. I don't know how I feel about him. I mean, mm-hmm. they do make him say cr- cringeworthy things, but I don't know. I just. I don't know. I. I, 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 I some. I, I cringe, but then I just feel for that guy sometimes because, gosh, the things he. The, he just went through a lot, and I think he's just. Oh, I, I. I think they just put him in a, a no-win situation. And now he has it. to really deal with it. And he's not he's not cut out to deal with it. I don't think anybody is. Who who was cut right. out to be Captain America? Right. Or Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's it's just, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I am I cringe, but there there's a lot more to him. And I, you know, there's just I, a lot more. I think you're right. I think he's a character that is really easy to flip him off and just say you hate John Walker. Mm-hmm. Right. But that whole thing that you mentioned that he got those three Medal of Honors and but he said he got them in one day. One day. That, that was the day that he never wanted to remember. He said, You just that, those medals just make me remember the worst day of my life. That was the line that got me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh man. And was Lamar with him on that right. day? Yes. It sounded like oh, he, he was. Right it sounded like he was. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So these two guys definitely have paid their dues. And he does have this whole layer of self-doubt, this John Walker. And now I'm not defending the man and or anything, but I oh, think no. he definitely has a lot more layers than just he's an asshole. Let's just flip him off. But you, yeah. you're seeing why he is such an asshole. But, well, and, and don't and, and don't and don't forget the, the the fact that he's a white male. So that that kind uh-huh. of that goes in there also. So mm-hmm. with all those layers, being a white male is also because of the way he talks. He got that white male talk to him. Well, where, as I say, you know that that look down. They they try not. They try to be calm to everybody, but they still have that I'm better than you type yeah, of still, uh, attitude. His, his tone was completely patronizing to almost everybody that he dealt with. I mean, to everyone. I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, one of the things that they're doing so well uh, in, uh, in this particular show is um, the, the, the quote unquote bad guys, the bad characters, there's no black and white with, you know, everybody is very Mm -hmm. gray and um, mm-hmm. and they're showing these people in these in these comp- as the complicated human beings that they are, you know. Um, and I yeah. so I really admire that, you know. And the, and and especially with this, uh, well, we can get into with the flag smashers and Carly and stuff. You know, her she's got her motivations. She's motivated by love, even if she's Good. doing it in a really retarded way. Um, but, we're going to get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I'm getting ahead <laughs> of us. But I do think that that's one of the things that they did really well with John um, is to show that all those layers of him and not to necessarily make him sympathetic, but you can see him. I mean, sympathetic in a sense, you know, I mean, you can see his human frailties. Mm-hmm. And yes, and you can see very clearly that he was not ready for this role. Mm-hmm. 
And Understood. what gets me too is also the last thing about John is that there's something about him because Lamar is so devoted to him. And right. you know that there's got to be like, brother man, what do you see in this guy that you're willing to go his, down? It was road? his battle buddy. That's his right. battle buddy. That's he's it. going with him. You know, he's telling him, yeah, you can do it. So, you know, Lamar is like a very, I think he's a very interesting cat. What is his battle star? Like, okay, yeah, whatever. Battle star. Battle star. Yeah, no. Anyway, see, that's, that's all I wanted to say about, I, I, yeah. the dynamic is very interesting to me. Yeah. And I, because I get the last word because I'm the one hosting. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say, I find Lamar from the moment I saw him to be the least trustworthy black man to ever exist. <laughs> I did not trust him. I do not trust him. Would not trust that black man. Now, on to prison. <laughs> In the next scene, we get to Bucky and Sam going to visit their favorite little prisoner, Zemo. Helmet Zemo. And you have Sam like, oh, I can go in, I can go talk to him. And Bucky's all like, no, I have to do this because if you've seen Civil War, you know they have history because Zemo's the one who came out with the code words to activate the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and then, you know, Bucky has his moment. And then after that, what we get is Bucky trying to explain, you know, like, you know, should something happen where maybe if Zemo happened to have some assistance in getting out of the prison, maybe we would want to be in this room just to see what would happen. <laughs> it's like you come home from school and you're telling your mother, well, you know, mom, like in case somebody broke your TV, like what would you really do? If <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Bucky. See, what had happened was. <laughs> yes. What had happened, friend? I love <laughs> Sam. I love Sam's line. <laughs> what Sam, did Sam was on it. What did you, did you do? do? <laughs> <laughs> Like I love how um, when he was in the cell with Zemo and right out the gate, Zemo's like, let me test him. Let me see, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he starts throwing those trigger words at him. And he was just so blasé. He's like, uh, you know, those don't work anymore. You know, <laughs> like it's not going to work. But he was totally trying to play mind games with him the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time. I, yeah, I well, personally- you know. If you were in a cell all by yourself and all of a sudden the Winter Soldier came up to you, you would try to see if you could still control this MO because you know, well, especially if you're the like, one responsible for his here? his predicament, a lot of his predicament. Yeah. Is he coming here to kill me? Can I turn him off? Do these words still work? Oh <laughs> hell no, they don't. Oh my God. Then you'd like I love I love Daniel Brule's portrayal of Zemo. You too. I mean, I I mean he really makes me I can't stop watching him when he's on the screen because you just know he has another agenda but that's the right don't he, trust. exactly because you can see the wheels spinning the whole time you know he's having one conversation but you can just look in his eyes and he's like you know that in his head he's having three or four other conversations going on like you know he's, he's yeah, three well, steps well, ahead of him well it's like how we get set up with he's reading Machiavelli Mm-hmm. Dude didn't come yeah, here to play. Right. <laughs> he right. said he was reading it. I was just like, oh, okay. it, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he un- opens it and unfolds it, and we realize that his bookmarker is a key. A password. Yeah, okay, my head scratcher. All right, I'm the, okay. I'm the sci-fi sister that didn't understand. How did he get the key? Wait, did he have the key? Did, 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 did Bucky give it to him? Did Bucky yeah. give it to him? I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't think Bucky... I think... 
okay, so my take on it, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, my take on it is that Zemo pretty much had this plan ready to go. Yeah, he had okay. it in action. Like he was already working on this plan. He'd been in there for a long time. He's been working on these other inmates. And we, we know that, I mean, if you read the comics, you know, he's filthy rich, mm-hmm. you know, and then, um, you know, so I think that, I think that was his plan. And he just decided to do his plan a little bit earlier. The, the Bucky opportunity just was presented like the, Bucky was just the catalyst. He's like, okay, yeah, now. That's my, that's my take on it. What about you, JD? Um, uh... I I would not put anything past Zemo, uh, knowing his character from the comic books, because even in the comic books, he's he's exactly like he is in the movies. He's just the worst. He's the but, worst. What you went out a little bit. Uh, he he's just the worst. That's okay. it. That was the statement. <laughs> like, yeah. I just really hate Zemo. He's not a good man. There's nothing good about him or to him. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't. He's not. He's not as. They make him a little lovable in the in the uh, in the mood in the television program, but in the comics, he he has no redeeming qualities at all. Mm-hmm. See, so, I he's, like, say, he's like trying to make this like a you know a three musketeers, and you know Sam and Bucky are like, no, 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 you don't get to talk, <laughs> right? <laughs> and like I will say, seeing how we mentioned he's a baron, I did love them dropping that where it's just all like, oh yes, where his uh, little Terran Zemo and Sam and Bucky are like, what the fuck? Our enemies are rich. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird like, to me. Dude has a private that. jet. <laughs> I, that was weird that they didn't know that to me. I don't know. I got, that just struck yeah. me as weird that they didn't know that he was, was rich. Loaded. Like he had to have some means to be as nefarious as he has been at the, you know. They didn't know it was his own money. <laughs> I am a baron. Yeah, and I just loved, come on, just for one minute, I did love costume design because when he came out looking all Hugo bossed up, <laughs> uh, you know, with the fur collar, you know me, I love a well-dressed yeah. man. <laughs> he came walking out to the private jet. I was like, "Oh, the Baron is that back." That coat was all right. I like that coat. Yeah, the coat on. was on point. Yes, it oh was. man, and he was wearing it. But like, you know, you know, you know, Daniel Brule must have said, "What do I get to wear in this one?" Oh my God, I get this. Yay! <laughs> so two points for that. Two points for the Hugo oh, Boss. And, and uh, with regards to our plane scene. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I I I very much Bucky. I like 1940s music. I'm sure y'all have heard the Trouble Man album, perhaps. You mean, perhaps. You mean hey. maybe perhaps a Marvin Gaye album that's only I, a classic? Yeah, yeah classic. maybe perhaps. Yeah, Once perhaps. or twice. I maybe. appreciate <laughs> what? <laughs> I appreciated the throwback to Trouble Man. I mean, that Me was too. a throwback to the former movie. Yeah, and was... I, when he said that, I fell over because I will never forget that scene in the earlier Avenger movie where he tells him when he first mm-hmm. meets Steve, mm-hmm. you know, you got to watch Trouble Man. And, and, you know, Steve Rogers writes it down in that little notebook. That little notebook. <laughs> I yeah, I, you know, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't realize um, uh, until later like researching for this episode 
and and then I was like, oh yeah, that um, Sam mentions Trouble Man in I mean in every every like every MCU thing that he's in, he's always talking movie. about it. Come on, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, so I was like, oh, but then did you realize that this episode actually first aired on April 2nd, which was Marvin Gaye's birthday? Oh, I like that. Because that was the original Mr. T, Trouble Man, Robert Fuchs, 1972. <laughs> Robert I'm just going to tell you, starring Paula Kelly with Paul Winfield. Yes, we're going to have a Star Trek shout out there. Trouble Man, if you have not seen it, cue it up. That is the movie. Like and the soundtrack, is, like, soundtrack on is, oh, yes, the soundtrack is on point. Yeah, the soundtrack is Yeah, like I said, I like 1940s music. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you say 40s? Oh, yes. Bucky. oh Bucky. come on. Boogie Woogie okay. Bugle Boy is a bop, all right? I will <laughs> die on this hill. I love that song. It's a good song. Ain't not wrong with that song. I, but, like, I like the swing music from that era. I yeah, really do. It's good music. It's cool. It is. And you'd be hanging with Bucky. It's cool. <laughs> I could. But Can I, I hang with up, Bucky? <laughs> I got this. I brought up the moment I'm because <laughs> while they fight over Bucky, uh, I brought up the moment because uh, Zemo, he brings up the point that Steve really idol. I mean, Sam really idolized Steve. And that putting people on a pedestal is how you get people like Hitler and Red Skull. You mm-hmm. get these icons who go mad with power because so many people just live to adore them. And in a sense, even though Steve Rogers wasn't that man, you do see it going back to the start of the episode with John. He expects like that power, that respect, with that whole, who do you, do you know who I am? So mm-hmm. what, do, what do we think about Zemo and, you know, his idea that why are we doing this? <laughs> like, because it really brings into question kind of a lot of what the characters have been going through. Bucky is very much pro, we need Captain America. We need someone responsible with Captain America. Sam, he is team. We don't need an icon. Icons are a bygone era. We are so far beyond this. And Zemo, Zemo's just causing trouble on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's kind of, it's, it's like two different arguments there, though. You know, I mean, it's two different questions that we're looking at. You know, you're looking at um, the the super person, right? The the enhanced person, the more than human person, uh, which is Zemo's issue often. And then you're looking at what icon status and, and the responsibilities and things that come with, with iconography. Right. So, I mean, when it, for me, when I look, when I think about that, I think about um, Zemo, the, the more interesting question to me is uh, Zemo's perspective on these super people and, you know, whether or not we should make more or not, or um, the fact that he believes that it's sort of like a absolute power corrupting absolutely. Like he, he believes that there's only one way this will turn out, right? That there's only right. that Steve Rogers was a fluke. And nobody else is going to be as good as Steve Rogers. And therefore, we don't deserve that level of power. 
No one and, else and, would be able to, to withstand that kind of temptation. Right. Everybody else would succumb to that temptation because we're just mere mortals, you know? And I don't, I don't know how much I agree with that. You know, I, I see his point. And I think if we look back through human history, he's probably got the edge on that point. I just don't know if I believe in the totality of it, you know? Um, well, you know, I'll take back what I just said to you about the temptation of it. I think it's more what they were saying that the super being that superhuman makes you more of what you already were. Well, so, what's his face said that? Um, yeah, Lamar said that. Lamar That's said not necessarily that. Zemo's point of view, but that is no. somebody's point of view. That's his point of, view. point of view, and yeah. that's sort of like it's not so much that you know if you are in so say Steve Rogers like like is that one guy that was truly you know good all the way through. You know, he was super enhanced to be even better. But remember what Captain Kirk said about this. Super, super power means super ambition. Because you she have a super... It, it means super ambition. They are just going to want more and they're going to want... So they've enhanced all the way around, even in what they desire and what they think they should have. And you can't, you can't separate one from the other. And I think that's Zemo's thing. Not so much that the power is tempting them is that once you enhance somebody, you enhance everything about them. What they think about themselves, their ego is enhanced. Everything is going to blow up. And again, that's something that I don't necessarily agree with either. You know, how do we know? Like, I mean, that's, it's, we don't know exactly what's being enhanced. Like, I mean, super strength, that's an enhancement, but you know, if I'm Mm -hmm. a greedy person already, uh, are we going to enhance my greed necessarily because I have super strength or is my greed level going to stay the exact same? You know, if I'm a, if I'm a nice person, you know, does my kindness get enhanced because I have super strength? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't and think that they're exactly. parallels. We don't know. I don't, don't think know that they're parallels at all. So they yeah. were enhancing. Was it just? I think. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, really, were you enhancing character? Were you enhancing musculature? Like, what are you doing? I think, yeah. And I think like Lamar's argument is really interesting. I think, but, uh, you know, the way I would say it is that, if I had an enhancement, it would give me an opportunity to show, to become more of what I am. You know, I have a choice. I have a choice on how to use these tools, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the enhancement itself is not inherently evil, <laughs> you know? And that's where I disagree with Zemo. With Zemo. Zemo saying it's evil and they're going to break the vials. But it's, it's also, go, but I uh-uh. also disagree with Lamar. Like the enhancement itself is not inherently going to make me more of what I am. It might give me an opportunity to grow into one or the other thing. But I don't necessarily, you know, if we, we speaking in generalities like that, I don't know if the enhancement itself is going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's the opportunity, what you do with the opportunity. Uh Uh-huh, go ahead. Yeah, I will say, uh, in Zemo's defense, I guess, um, Mm. he, like, I know, right? Uh, (laughs) But he was saying, I I didn't actually take it to be related to the super soldiers, because we know his feelings. He doesn't even feel Steve Rogers is perfect, because when he met him, he told him, oh, you have green eyes. You're not perfect. Because if he was truly perfect, his eyes would be a perfect blue, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That is so Zemo. (laughs) Exactly. Like, but with Zemo, like, because he also mentioned, like, Hitler, who 
again, was a man put on this pedestal and he was just a man. And he, like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Zemo and those comments because, yeah, history says Zemo's right. You can't put people on pedestals ever. That is bad stuff. Steve Rogers Anybody. shouldn't even exist. Like, that, that didn't just make no four years of that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> like, it's not... And back to the point of it not just being super soldiers, when we first meet Zemo in Civil War, he doesn't just hate super soldiers. He hates superheroes. They came in and they let his town go to hell because of something Tony Stark made. Yeah. So, like, he just hates everybody at this point. You're all trash. Which, I mean, to be fair, Ultron did lead to the death of his wife and kids, so I can't hate on that opinion. It's that. There's that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think that was one of the things that um, I did like that they they brought that along, you know, in Falcon and Winter Soldier from the movies with this character. You still saw that he was aching about what had happened to his country and his world, even when he's, I don't know which, which episode that is. I'm not going to say it. No, we were power broker. So, um, yeah, Zemo, <laughs> Zemo is really having a hard time with this whole, you know, what's happened. So is he, is he, uh, I mean, so you don't want to have icons or people. So, so then you fall to what policy? And then here's this policy of okay, they're gonna change the blip. I mean, is Zemo right? What he's saying? I mean, were these people right? Were the were the flag smashers right that everything was better the way it was? I, I wish they had done a little more to tell us, you know, where the flag smashers were coming from. It, the shield is it's it's a loaded symbol. You know, and and uh, but the icon of the person carrying the shield, I believe that that idea should be looked at. I don't think it should be dispensed with altogether. You know, I think he was saying, like, I don't want to do it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know um, but then he was upset when someone else did it. Right. And because he, I think it was because it was a set of assumptions that he was working under. Right. He was, he was working under the assumption that the next person to pick up the shield would respect it and know no. what it meant. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, no, I don't, be a he good didn't person. want anybody to have no, it. Right. He put it in no a museum. One well, that's true. That that's true. He didn't want, he didn't want anyone. If he wasn't well, going to do it, right. that was, he felt like if he wasn't going to do it, no one should do it. The next person who right. picked up the right. shield would be, right. and you're right. And Sam, like Sam was working under the assumption that the U.S. government was going to leave it be. No. <laughs> Sam knows nothing about the U.S. government. <laughs> right? But let's oh, I'm just going to give it to the museum. It'll be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but let's talk about someone who does understand governments. Carly. <laughs> when we see Carly... She is in Latvia and she is visiting her dying mother figure. Like this mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. first time. Okay, granted, we've only seen like a few seconds of Carly. So like, but we've gone from her kicking Bucky's ass to weeping over this woman who took her in when she literally had nothing. And how did you feel about like this sudden, I guess, backstory and depth to Carly's character. I thought it was a little thin. I mean, I get what everybody's saying. Okay, the blip happens and people were doing things and everything was great. And then all of a sudden everybody comes back and now everybody has to go back to their square one. But we never knew what she was doing. 
And quite frankly, I, as much as losing a mother figure is, I mean, are you going to like take a super serum and go around blowing up the world because your mom died? You got to give me more than that. I agree with you. Like, I mean, the whole purpose of the flag smashers, I had to watch it. I had to watch this series a couple of times uh, before I really understood what they were talking about at first. You know, it's like, I don't feel like they gave the treatment enough. I I don't feel like they spent enough time with them uh, to let me know, like, it was just sort of like, okay, everybody came back from the blip. And then these people rose up in reaction to it because their homes got taken. And I'm like, wait, what? What? You know, this is a (laughs) massive movement that apparently now is going on on a global scale. Right. And so I need to see how this happened. You know, show me, show me the, you know, the, uh, what the flag smashers went through in order to make them a flag smasher. Right. What did they lose? I mean, you know, that was the comic bookishness of this episode that I didn't like. They're taking the time to, I mean, granted, they only had six episodes to work with. Um, but they're taking the time to go so in depth in some other things that I, I really felt like it deserved a little bit more weight so that um, I could give this, take this villain more seriously. Yeah, you know, where did she uh, come from? How did she get the bile? You know, uh, uh, I know uh, she's modeled after a, a villain from the comic books, and, and that was a man mm-hmm. at that time, but I don't know that backstory either, so perhaps our two Marvel people can help with that. But um, mm-hmm. I, also, I also felt like uh, them trying to give her, add that emotional depth. I see what you're talking about, Sabrina, that I would have liked a little bit more to that. Yeah, you know? I, and I, mean, how, I, I understood the story that they were trying to tell me, yeah. and I understood what they were doing, you know, by showing us uh, that you know she's she cares about this woman, she cares about these people, but I, I just needed a little bit more. It mm-hmm. needed to be a little bit more three D. Yeah, I didn't care about them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were just a means to an end. It was the yeah. way to tell the story of Bucky and Sam. I could. I really didn't care about the flag right. smashers or whatever they were. They were just, you know, part of the storyline and basically trying to figure out what's going on with my my heroes. That was it. Yeah, I did of, not care about them at all. It felt it felt like villain of the week type right. of thing. It like did. just plug in the variable villain yeah. of the week, and that's like the one aspect of storytelling that I thought could really be enhanced because yeah. the t- the issues that they were dealing with well, are really yeah. are, are, are right. real and right. serious. They, you know, they and, deserve and, the whole episode. This yeah. the issue yeah. that they were dealing with deserves immigration. The whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. they're talking about immigration and they're talking about um, xenophobia mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. they're talking about a lot yeah. of deep stuff with them. But and it was just sort of service treatment, right? And they they put will, a lot on them and didn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. I will say with regards to well, in the comics, his name is Flag Smasher, but yeah, no, he like they took a character. Uh, and that had little depth. He's in a handful of Deadpool comics. Was first introduced and killed off in 2015. So that's not that's like at best a good 12 issue run. And yeah, no, like he wasn't even a Captain America character. He his mm. enemy was Deadpool. So oh, wow, if it mm. feels weak, it's because they did not add depth to it. Now okay. on to something that never needs depth. Our favorite South Asian country principality. It's really hard. 
hard to remember what Madripoor, but Madripoor. As a comic book fan, I will say I was super excited because Madripoor is like, that's like, if you love X-Men or really anything Marvel, you would know Madripoor. This is our weird, evil, chaotic, criminal underworld country. Like, it's Free Cloud. This is Free Cloud. This is Free Cloud. We predate Free Cloud. Thank you very much. 1985. Dude, We're the sci-fi sisters and we love our Star Trek. And I'm going to get some Star Trek in this thing. Yeah, well, you already did that. That's why I said he did it. She did it. Yeah. She did yeah. it. We couldn't get, get some through an episode with no Trek. Like, can uh-uh. we just have an episode that... Okay, never mind. I'm going to drop it in there. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're in Madripoor. <laughs> and we have Bucky. Actually, yeah. It, it's, it's right by Singapore. It's southwest of Singapore. But we have Bucky. We have Zemo. We have Zemo's terrible plan of, oh, we're going to put Sam in disguise as the Smiling Tiger, who is a Marvel comic book character. He had, like, claws on his hands and feet. Oh, 1992 was a weird time. Was he African in the African. comics, too? Was he African in the comics? I don't even know. He Like, it, like it's a costume, so... Well, you know, because he's like in the show here, he's supposed to be supposed like to be some African dude, you know, um, from just vaguely African. We don't even know what country, right? No. Like, <laughs> just African. You're like, okay, because it's all the same. I mean, I guess. Yeah, so we're in Madripoor. We have Simo really just kind of enjoying himself. A night on the town, nice little club. Bucky in like the world's worst choreo scene because when it comes to choreography for fight scenes, I expect better better from Marvel. Like you can't have something like Daredevil and then come at me with this. This was a letdown. Wait, what was the letdown about it for you? Uh, the whole fight choreography scene. Oh, like, the whole it fight choreography scene. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a good fight. But it did bring up some things. I liked it. My my Bucky was doing all right. What what, what was your It was in in close quarters. I mean, it was was good. I liked it. Daredevil. Anyways. Well, let me me, me back up. Because one of the things uh, that I liked about this whole thing about the scene, um, you know, the car ride going into the area, when the when the uh, motorcycles pulled up against the side of him and everything, did any anyone seen the movie Akira? Yes. Yes. Come on. Did you not think of Akira when you saw that scene? I was like, shout out to Akira. Here they go. They're gonna do it. Here we are. It just looked so much like that whole entry. So I just wanted to say that because I know some people in the group really love that movie. And for a second, I was thinking that they're gonna oh, they're gonna do Akira. Here we go. <laughs> See, I love it. I was, <laughs> was going to bring up the fact that um, did I feel like that fight scene, no matter how poorly done it was, kind of proved Isaiah Bradley right. Like, Bucky seemed to slip into that Winter Soldier mode like a nice warm teddy. Like, mm. like that fit him like a glove. Hey. He was pretty cozy with it. He's been doing this for 90 years. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? I like, mean, I don't, it's not, not that it, I don't think it'll ever go away, but mm-hmm. I mean, he, it, it, it wasn't controlling him. He was controlling it. 
Yeah, you know, but he wasn't he didn't fall into it where he was out of control and somebody was controlling him, you know. But he can he can fake it well enough that I mean he's been doing it for so long. It's such a part, it's like you know, there there are aspects of myself that are old ways of, of me being, right? Mm-hmm. But I can go back into them and fall into it really, really easily and pretty quick. I can put on, I can put that on mm-hmm. if hey, I need there, to. There was no faking because if he didn't take these people out, they were gonna kill him. I'm not right. saying he was fake fighting. <laughs> no, right. I'm, no, I'm saying like <laughs> yeah, no, you need to be with the soldier right now, my man. Yeah, all the way through. <laughs> right. No, but here's the thing. Literally, in the previous episode, you have him telling Isaiah Bradley, oh, I'm a different man. I'm mm-hmm. not that person anymore. And, and then you have him. Zemo come in and pretty much prove you can be that person. But that's different than but saying he different. is that person. Yeah. That's still that's not the different. same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not that person anymore is a very different sta- statement than I, I can be that person or I have within me the makings of that person. I mean, it doesn't go away. No. His training doesn't go away. Right. You know, his abilities don't go away because he chooses to not use them, uh, you know, in the same ways that he used them before. You can't say those words to me and turn it on. Right. Like he's not controllable, but he's still he can right. still kill. But so can all of them. He can still put the fear of God into you, but so can all of them. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's unfair that people, because like, you're not the first person that I've heard to say it. I mean, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen some critique about it, it and I, don't, I think it's unfair to think that he wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, if he wasn't able to do that, then we've got issues. Yeah, but here's the thing, because, A, I'm, I'm coming into this as a comic book fan who does know Bucky, and it's it's not something he simply ever lets go of like this is a struggle and we see it with his um therapist like mm-hmm. when he's telling her oh yeah no i'm so much better i i managed to talk out my problems with this one person and you see like no that's not what you did you right. kind of blended the idea of talking and exactly who hydra made you into be. so you're saying yeah, he still has I mean, a long way to this go this is not something uh, well of course he's gonna he's been he did for 90 years it's not gonna stop in 10 months, you know, if anything, it's going to take years for him if he wants to, to totally have this out of his system. I mean, how do you, how do you not be that person after 90 years of being a certain, right. A certain, I, I don't, I don't get the fact that why is that? I mean, I think he's made a great run at it. This you're talking about somebody who's killed is very remorseful about it. And now is trying to make amends and some the way to save himself and help everyone else he has to slip into this just a little bit so he has he has the control to go ahead and do it make sure everybody's safe and then slip back out that's a lot Mm -hmm. that's that that's somebody who has a has more control than you're giving them credit for. and sam asked him are you okay he yeah, knew what it cost the, him. He knew what it cost yeah, him. I think but the here's fact the thing. That he, he doesn't answer Sam. He exhales well, yeah, and he Because he's not okay. How can he be okay? <laughs> yeah, he shrugged it off. <laughs> again, that goes back to the issue. Like, you guys yeah. are saying, oh, he can slip in. He can slip out. It's fine. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> no one said it was easy. Um, I was a soldier. I'm not a soldier anymore. If I had to be a soldier again... I'm sure I could do it, 
Not that I would want to, but I could do it. And then I have to come back and be the person I'm supposed to be now. Mm -hmm. And these are different, you know, these things are not easy, but there are things you can do It's possible. And it's good to have that person say, are you okay? So Mm -hmm. he has Sam. Thank God he has Sam. Because I think if he didn't have that person to say, are you okay? I'm here for you. It could go another way. But when you always have that guy or that girl or whoever who's saying, everything's okay. Are you okay? If you need anything, let me know. That makes the world of difference. Believe me, I know. So JD, let me ask you a question. Are you saying like, I mean, like, because she just said something key there, you know, thank God he had Sam to say, are you okay? Because it could have gone another way. Are you looking at that point? Like, yes, like it really could have gone another way and how close we were to having it go another way or what I'm asking. In a sense, because what you're saying, a lot of it hinges on Sam. And mm-hmm. a part of Bucky's story is getting past the point where he needs someone. Because look at what he says. He says, I, he, he is defining himself by what Steve thought of him. He needs Bucky, he needs Sam to check in with him. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he himself seems to realize, like, there is a very tenuous grasp on what Bucky is. Mm-hmm. So it's less about... I get that, yeah. It's less about him slipping into the winter soldier, I suppose, and more about him maintaining Bucky. Bucky. Because right. yeah. with Zemo around, yeah, no, he he he's real quick to lose all sense of Bucky. Like those that's code words may not work, but Zemo still does. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zemo's still around. That's a that's a point. Ugh. I think they're all valid points. I think it's a good question. Oh yeah. I think it's all Real valid, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, we, we got all of it. Cause I, I do see that in Bucky. I think he's, but when you talked about Zemo is around, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty strong because mm-hmm. Zemo is a, he could be a catalyst just by being yeah. there. And like she said, he slipped, she feels she's, he slipped into it pretty quick. And I, I mean, didn't he think was... of it that way where Zemo is the, he, he might be, he's always the trigger, even without the words. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like he was, and Zemo was already messing with his head. You know, when he went to visit him in prison, he started then, yeah. and he hasn't stopped. You know, yeah. that's. Uh, but I have a question. Um, what about Sam's suit, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the American pimp look. <laughs> He's a fashion-forward American, a fashion-forward <laughs> black man. He's a fashion. He was a fashion forward. Oh, I, I was really loving it. Like that, that suit. Come okay, on, that suit. I I really liked. Oh, I really like liked it too. I liked it I a lot. I can't run in these hills. When he <laughs> that was funny. Oh my god, hills. <laughs> that was funny, but because I, yeah. I could just like I automatically had a picture of exactly what shoes that dude was wearing at that time, <laughs> especially you know, like I know I know them loafers, and you ain't got no socks on either. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> I thought the suit was awesome. I, I I thought it was awesome, but uh, he's right. Like I could not see any. I've, I see very few American men rocking that suit. They're not yeah. secure in their masculinity enough to. Chadwick could have done it. The real Chadwick Boseman could have done it. Chadwick would have. Yeah. Yep. He would have worn that suit. It probably thing. was his oh, suit. Yeah. <laughs> would have wore that suit. Yes, he would have. 
So we get the fight scene. We get Selby dying randomly, mysteriously. Okay. Who okay. knows who are, shot Selby? Are we, in, we're in Selby's office? Yes, yes we are. We're in okay, Selby's I need to office. talk about Selby's office. All I right. Mean, what the hell? <laughs> why why is there a phone ringing who doesn't know like clandestine operations 101 who wrote Sam. I, who wrote this Sam. mess? i know we Sam. know who wrote this mess that i hated that moment it was so stupid to me i know it served a purpose to get us to where they needed to be but it was just dumb nobody they've been doing this long enough nobody's got their phone not on vibrate <laughs> or on silent nobody right. nobody Bye. had nobody I mean, to be fair, Sam is also a man who, you know, he rolls with superheroes. They don't believe in phones on vibrate. Tony Stark had his phone built into his suit so he could take calls. Yeah, but nobody else was hearing it ring. You know? (laughs) It would have been been more believable if it had been Bucky, you know, the one that wasn't used to a phone. But who would have been calling him? He had a flip phone. Yeah, nobody would have been calling Bucky, so it wouldn't have been him. Even if he did, and she said, well, Sam, and she's like, Sam, who's Sam? Like, he totally could have played that off. Like, this bitch don't know who I am. You know, I don't let my side piece know who I am. You know, like, this is like, <laughs> Sam, I have in my notes here, it says Sam is not an undercover brother. Sam Sam is a man who will not cheat on you. He will not forsake you. He don't even know the meaning of a side piece. (laughs) He don't know. Sam don't know. He is not (laughs) undercover brother. (laughs) Sam is a good one. (laughs) He helped one when he had to drink the snake stuff, (laughs) but he did it. Oh, God. Yeah, but that scene was a little wild. But, um, Okay, so so we go through from Shelby's office. Where are you taking us next, JD? Uh, we're taking us to the hero of the day, Sharon Carter, coming in, saving the guys, and then kind of laying into them with her whole the whole hero thing is a joke with Sam and his little oh well we're here to save the day. And she's all like, dude, I tried that once, and look where I am. Do not mm-hmm. talk to me. Why can't Sam talk to women? <laughs> this is the second woman to tell him like dude you don't know Tiddly shut up <laughs> Sam's not doing too well well I, I, yeah Sharon Carter I mean, yeah, she's, she's interesting and, and why does she have a rack of men's clothes in her apartment I just want to know why? I mean, just because you're an international uh, art dealer, quote unquote, and you're, right. not, you're selling, the, you're a black market art dealer. Why do you have a whole closet of men? Do you Who's constantly have her? men coming over that you just <laughs> randomly need to dress their just asses? To change. You know? <laughs> like I mean, okay. She's I will up say. And then, and then and she doesn't like, she's like, come on home with me, baby. I'm going to fix you up. Mom's going to fix you up. She opens up the closet like whoosh. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> all different sizes. I mean like a whole wardrobe. Look, she she has to be ready to sell everything. I'm sure that was very nice. The designer stuff, not that knockoff stuff you get in like sure. you know, off the corner in certain places in New York. I'm just saying. It was. Maybe maybe when people come to her party. I know where to shop in New York, you you bet. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you don't if you're on the corner. 
No, it's not like the best. Usually those days. <laughs> okay, but oh, for real, Sharon, though. Okay, so uh, full confession. I had completely forgotten who she was, right? I, I, I had no idea who this white woman was coming. To, I was like, who is this badass woman? And, and I said, so bring, bring James. Who is Sharon? <laughs> you know? He was like, okay, baby, let me break this down to you. And then I remembered, you know, uh, and so I loved, um, I loved how badass she was, though. I loved her kicking ass. I love. I just like to watch women kicking ass. I mean, it's like I, a high caliber ass kicker every time. Well, she's you know, that's uh, my favorite non-superhero. That's uh, Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. I love Agent Carter. I love that show. I love everything about that. Just who she was, and for them to bring back Sharon was great. Because well, Sharon's the reason why there is a Sam and Bucky show, right? Because. Um, I don't remember where I, I think Sabrina told me or yeah, it's in one of the clips. One of the clips, right? The the kissing scene was the reason why they put them together afterwards. Yeah, uh, let's not talk about that time. Steve Rogers made a move on his niece. Yeah, Um. yeah, Yeah. it got real creepy after (laughs) a while. I was like, wait, what? No, that's not good. Yeah, that's it was a mercy kiss. But but I mean, I did have quite. I mean, she totally left me with questions, right? I had questions even before we saw the end of the episode. I had questions about her. You know, like I thought her her appearance to save them was just a little too well timed. You know, and then of course we skipped over. There's so much action that you forget to ask where did the bullet come from in Selby's office? Like you know, like. Who shot Selby? Like they didn't shoot Selby. Selby got shot. <laughs> you know, so somebody knew that they were in that office with oh, yeah. her. Probably the porn broker people. So you yeah. know, I think I, I think Sharon is, uh, um, she's really interesting. Hey, I like the I'm vibe of her party. Like that on this episode party was happening. Even yeah, party was yeah. Zemo got into Zemo the party. Liked it. Zemo, Zemo liked that party. Zemo was dancing. doing it. I he had like, a little dance uh, going. <laughs> but yeah, no, Sharon is our answer to everything. She's got connections. She's got mm-hmm. art. She's got mm-hmm. men's clothes. She knows where Nagel is. Right. And Nagel. she brings us to Nagel. Nagel. And I will say, because it's so important, Nagel is another one of those nice little comic book Easter eggs because in the comic book, he is the super soldier. I mean, he is the scientist who continues with the super soldier program that created Isaiah Brett. It's so, uh, true. Even it's in the truth. comic books, Nagel is not a good man. It's truth, red, white, and black, where Isaiah I could not remember the colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got you, baby. So you're saying that Nagel created Isaiah Bradley back Na- in- Yes, Nagel continued um, Professor Abraham Erskine's experiments on and, and tried to recreate. Yeah, his, his age his formula, is off. His super oh. soldier formula. Okay. Yeah, they just kind of the age is off in this one. Yeah, he, he made him younger. That's not following the comic, guy. right? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, okay. None right. of it is. Yeah. So, like in the comics, he ki- he's the one responsible the one. for killing hundreds of black soldiers. Mm, mm, mm. Meanwhile, in the movies, he's just responsible for probably killing people. Fun times. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they they sort of but, downplayed his role a little bit um, in in, yeah. the, in the show. 
Yeah, but they brought him in, and I appreciate that. I like that they, you know, if they're not going to follow the comics, and they're not, but they they give you enough of it for people that really love the Marvel comics that you know kind of like, oh, all right, that's cool, that's cool. Even though they're going to do their own thing, which I I appreciate too, because you you have to go back and read the comic because they're different, and you want to see the TV series because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. You get money from me either way. Yeah, I mean, they kept him pretty true to character. Mm-hmm. Well, they kept him pretty true to character because of the fact that he, he does still create the super soldiers. Mm-hmm. He, as we learn, is responsible for Carly and her crew. Okay, I'm going to say, here's my other thing, and I'm going to admit here that even though I am the one of us that loved Marvel since she was a little kid, I didn't know what was the deal with the mask or Zemo. I didn't get... Why he put that mask on at the end? What did the, that did the mask was have one of the? No, 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 no. That's 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 an actual Easter egg because in the comic book, if you even like Google real quick, like Baron Zemo, I advise everyone go Google Baron Zemo. Um, oh. you will see he wears a pretty much tonic to the character. So for mm-hmm. them to have Zemo just kind of come in, shoot a man, put on his purple mask, it was the greatest moment like they truly gave us baron zemo okay well see that's what i'm talking about they were giving it to somebody i missed it went over my head but i said i know this mask means something (laughs) with that hugo boss jacket okay (laughs) whatever i'm like just the the baron is just going off (laughs) got the champagne going if anything is spoiled give it to them He's got his manservant. Smell it. He's got the mask, the car. My boy is just like, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? Everything's good. I love Zemo. Okay, JD, where are we going next? Zemo is a hot mess, but... I like him. Not as hot of a mess as Carly, because it seems where, while we started off with her just wanting to do reconnaissance to maybe get some, well, force some help, we end with her committing murder and we start to see Carly leading her way. Like it was one thing, even her followers seem to think it was one thing when they were just creating violence and chaos because that's all people in power understand. But now Carly's pushing it to that next level where it's all like, nah, this is war. Yeah. She just had like an extra gear. I mean, that, blowing up the truck was just not even even her own people were just like what are you doing right so so i here we go again with the whole little discussion that we had about super strength and super his character what what was that all about like what got augmented there i'm gonna use a star trek word power 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 well it's yeah with carly i mean her whole thing is she does not like this world. She liked it better the way it was. The way it was. And she wants to return it to that. And I guess in this episode, she came to that decision where it's all like, especially after losing her mother figure, she's just all like, no, they, they've cost me the one thing that matters most to me. I'm going to cost them everything. Yeah, she's just, I mean, she could, she's getting on my nerves. I'll tell you that now right she's now. she's become an extremist. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Instead I mean, of a, a, a freedom fighter, she's right. becoming right. an extremist right. now because now she's killing people, innocent people, and she's saying no one's innocent. 
And then you know right. that's a red flag right there. Well, and the thing right. is, says, the whole ahead. thing that, that she's fighting for, what the flag smashers are fighting for is something that, you know, what is the guy's name? Um, he's that physicist and he talks about, you know, you have a zero world where you're, you're territorial and then you can go to a, a planetary world, which is like a type one civilization. And they're talking about going to a type one civilization where there are no borders and everybody's uh, one world. What do they say? One world, one people. Is that their, mm-hmm. their model? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get behind that. because That's sort of like, yeah, I understand what they're fighting for. And that's why you and I, to me, we sort of like, I really wish you had developed that. Because I would have loved to have really understood what these kids really seem to be, all kids, mm-hmm. are trying to do. Because they, they are trying to change the world and make it like, no, we need to all get together, forget the borders, forget the countries, forget everybody, you know, fighting each other. We need to, you know, feed everybody and give everybody medicine. But they kind of, you know, she just she just kind of loses that and just goes rogue on them. And, you know, it's really... I didn't get the the mother dying is the trigger. I, I don't know. It just didn't. I mean, yeah. No. I mean, they, they, I'm, I'm not satisfied with that point. Mm. It just seemed like a, not a clear enough arc to get from point A to point B, right? Like one day we're over here um, giving out medicines and stuff, but they didn't show us what the global repatriation council was doing or, or how they were not responding. Like she's trying to say to the GRC, like, hey, we, these are the things we need. We need housing. We need medicine. We need Well, shelters. I guess we her mother died be, because she didn't get medicine. Okay. Right. We, we don't need to be, we don't need to be forcefully like removed. We don't need refugee camps. We need to be living in places where we can thrive, where we can work, where we have an opportunity to have a living, right? Um, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, and now I'm going to bomb you because you're not listening. It was too, it, it, it didn't make sense. It was too extreme. Like it didn't show, it, a lot of fundamentalist terrorist people have an arc mm-hmm. where they grow well, from one, where the radicalization happens as a process, right? Yeah, and then, right. And then X, Y, or Z thing will happen to help push their thinking towards this really radical moment that where they believe that taking innocent lives is the answer is the only language like she said this is the only language that they're going to understand right Right. to where a person believes that so i would have liked to have seen that it was just literally like okay we're doing supply we're getting a supply run here and guess what i blew up the hospital and she knew she was doing wrong because she didn't even tell her own people right she didn't tell them and then another thing they kind of threw away was in I think the first episode, the second episode, when the guy that was very dear to her gave himself up so that they could get away on the plane, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he died. And then it was just sort of like, is that her boyfriend? Was that somebody? Cause she seemed but he was, and he was getting in the way of sell, uh, of the power brokers people. Uh, he wasn't, it wasn't even the government, wasn't even the GRC that was coming. I mean, they were late. They were coming. The GRC was following the power brokers people, like, but it, they were running from the power brokers people at that okay. point. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, they did kind of like that guy dying was just kind of like a toss off too, you know? And I mean, that was another one of the things that I think snapped her that he was dead now and now her mother was dead, but it, it all didn't really gel with me. I don't think she that cared she at all. suddenly became a, you know, she's like a, a over the top radical and she's just killing I everybody. I felt like she was, chi- I felt like she was the child that 
she was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I wasn't scared. All, like, how was she even? It all felt like a child's temper tantrum mm-hmm. after, but like That's just a very, like. Yeah. yeah, like a a a, a child, a, a very powerful child, you know. Mm-hmm. But a, a child's temper tantrum. I'm not getting my way. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm going to kick and scream and blow some shit up and break some well, stuff down. Didn't they because steal the, the super serum, serum makes you yeah, more. They, they, yeah. they stole it from the power broker, mm-hmm. which like. Hi, where's that story? Like, you know, like, I mean, why is that? Like, we just get jumped. We just get it dropped. Like, oh, hey, these these people that stole this from the power broker. How did they even do that? Right? I know. You know. Speaking of unexplained things. Yeah. We are at the end of the episode. We have the boys in Latvia. We have Carly, who has just committed murder. Everyone's trying to figure out how is don't Mama Donya connected to this Carly girl? Oh, and then Ayo shows up because you can't trust a white boy to do anything right. Oh, <laughs> yes. <You're laughs> I had to think. I went, oh, yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah, Ayo's like, okay. James, Sorry, all my white boys out there. I'm sure you're good people. I screamed when she showed She said, up. James. <laughs> yes. No more not white even, wolf. James. Not even white wolf. James. <laughs> right. Not even white wolf. Oops. She did, yeah, did, did, Like, you know, you're in trouble. She didn't have to do the full, his full name. She just had to, like, drop the honorific. You are not white wolf at this moment. That's right. We are very displeased with you. I was buddy. so <laughs> excited to see them. I was so excited. I, I too. Was just me like, too. Oh I, I screamed God. too, Sabrina. I was sitting in my apartment. I was like, ah! <laughs> when he picked up that now. bead, I was like, oh, yes. The door of Elijah and the door of Elijah. Yes. 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 my girls. You're like my inner warrior inside. You're, if, when just, I grow up, I want to be you guys. She was just <laughs> laying outside of Zemo's apartment. She's, I'm just going to sit here so this guy shows up. I know he's coming. I loved it. I loved it. She's here. Brand. Brand's here, y'all. <laughs> when they hey, showed up at the end, when she showed up at the end, I was like, oh, Oh, Wakanda, Wakanda. <laughs> looking so stunning, Wakanda. by the way. Yes. Shout the way out she walked costume away design. from him. Oh, no, the, the way costume. she strutted away from him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love was it. like, that's the scene right there. Yep. Listen, I like the African suit. I loved her leather dress. I love Zemo's coat. Uh, we got to go back and get something on the costume designers here because I was all yeah. over this whole thing. It was definitely yeah. looking fly. Yeah. And mm. then of course we had the the Sharon at the that last part with Sharon. She's like, you know, we got trouble. And I was like, see, I knew something was wrong with her. Well, <laughs> like, Who is this chick that she's talking to? Right? Yeah. Yeah, too much connection and money and everything else. Five years, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff going on. I've been in DC 14 and my stuff isn't that great yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Agents of Shield. Well, yeah, I need some Agent of Shield stuff going on here. <laughs> well, on that note, we're gonna have to wait till next time to figure out what's going on when we review the world is watching. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been really fun. JD, awesome job again. Thank you. Yay! Sci-fi sister, three snaps in a circle. <laughs> if Thank you haven't you seen so Trouble much. Man yet, go see Trouble Man. I guess I'll watch Trouble Man. Do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know it was a movie. I thought it was just an album. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so if you guys, you listeners, haven't seen Trouble Man, please go do it and drop us a note uh, and let us know what you think of the movie. And also drop us a note and let us know what you think about this whole debate with uh, Zemo and everybody uh, with these all these philosophical debates. And drop us a note and let us know what you think about us and how we're doing on this show and with things that I love we're not doing. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so how can they drop us a note, Yvette? Oh, you can find us at SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. Join us on the mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And the, the, the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both <laughs> on Facebook. On Instagram, we are SciFi.Sisters. And we are also on Twitter at Sci-Fi Sisters. Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> and <laughs> we're also proud members, as I've said, of the Trek Geeks podcast network. So you can go to trekgeeks.com and uh, look it up, look us up, and as well as all the wonderful shows that we have on the network, um, including our uh, the main the main show, the Trek Geeks Network, Trek Geeks podcast, which is awesome. And um, that's it for tonight. Oh, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. We to, no, we got to talk about Dose, dose Anonymous. Dose, 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 The best dose, engineer dose. in the world is Dose, the right. Anonymous one. Yes. He's responsible for all the music that you hear on our podcast, and as well as doing a fabulous job at uh, fixing all the crap that we can't fix ourselves. <laughs> He's, a, he's an amazing engineer. Oh, Thank you, Dose. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Dose, for everything that you do. If you have need of engineering skip services or uh, music services, you can find him at dosetheanonymous1 at gmail.com. That's D-O-S-T-H-E-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, the number one, at gmail.com. And that is it for us, babies. We are out of here. Until next week. Peace, love, and hair grease, y'all. Bye, y'all.